Welcome to episode 20 of Iron Man Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Alrighty guys, welcome along to Iron Man Talk episode 20 uh, with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How you going mate? Very good, and you? I'm feeling actually pretty sharp today. John and I went out for a ride this morning and John didn't tell me but he pushed the tempo. No, we had to crank it up a little bit. To crank it up. Five months till race day. Oh, this is five months, is it? <laughs> yeah. So we, yeah, so unsurprisingly just threw it in there but it was good, it was good. In this week's show we've got uh, news, we've got some, a little bit about Gordo's Forum and a little bit about the racing that's happening over the weekend. Uh, we've got the results coming up. From last weekend, we've got our website of the week, age grouper of the week, um, coach's corner. Swim etiquette, something we're going to have to teach you about by the sounds of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> John, when he was writing it down, he thought of me with every tip. So a high five, I went to Auckland last week and I, yeah, I didn't really do my training according to plan. So I thought I'd actually write down from the experiences things that maybe I could do better for next time. So a high five is going to be traveling tips. And uh, lastly, we've got question and answers. So yeah. Let's get into it. Let's get straight into it. So our first tip for the news you've got here is Epic New Zealand registration open. Yes, so we've uh, we've sort of got the route all confirmed and planned and uh, we're now taking anybody who wants to give Epic New Zealand a crack and uh, like we said in the past, we're going to finish at the, the Challenge Queenstown race. So fantastic opportunity to come down to New Zealand. The campers are actually filling up pretty quickly. What so, kind of numbers do you take on it? Uh, we'll, we'll have 20 age group slots available, so there'll be 20 slots, and then we have um, Gordo and Scott and so on on top of that. So we have a, generally have a group of 30, including all the support staff as well, so yep. that's sort of the maximum we can take. So Yeah, so we're, if, uh, we've talked about Epic quite a lot, but what's the website again? EpicCamp.com, uh, and you can just go on there and read a bit about it. If you are interested, you know, there are requirements. You do need to be of a certain standard or prove that you are worthy and you're willing to give it a really good crack, and uh, you just need to pop... Myself and Gordo and Scott an email, uh, and we can uh, get back to you and uh, you come down and see us all down here in New Zealand. Do you need to, like, is it one of those things you need to be majorly urgent on? Uh, you need to be getting some pretty strong thoughts. You need to be getting, getting your name in pretty quickly. It is filling up pretty fast, so uh, unfortunately we don't have a limited number of spots, so... So those of you with partners, start conning them right now. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Gordon's Forum. And now for those of you, um, not everyone listens or goes on to Gordon's Forum, Gordo's Forums, I should say, um, but it's quite a big forum and it's closed down recently. Yeah, we, we, we talked about it a few weeks ago. You got um, hackers going in there and just ripping it to shreds and people were getting viruses, so he pulled it down. And uh, it is going to be coming back up, um, but uh, it won't be for a few more weeks yet. I think Gordo's really going to get Iron Man Canada out of the way, and then um, perhaps we'll see it up there after then. So for those of you who are missing it, uh, it will be back, and uh, we'll let you know as soon as it's back up there. Which I imagine there are a lot of people, with your, with your forums, you know, you like to go to them daily, don't you? And, yeah, exactly. And you'll be lost without it, eh? Ah. So, okay, then, so Challenge Queenstown, which is an event we talked about early on in Iron Man Talk, is... Um, kind of the partner to Roth um, challenge so yeah. yeah and just a bit more news on there yeah well there's, there's two bits of news there um, Karen Doe who's the current fastest Ironman time in New Zealand he, just, he went 8 8.13 or was it 8.11 yeah, maybe 8.11 8, 8, 11 yeah. in uh, Roth he signed up for a two year deal as is Belinda Granger and she's won uh, a number of Ironman races she's won Roth uh, she's been very highly ranked in Hawaii uh, and won a number of other Ironman races around the world. So she's an Aussie girl. She's also signed up. And the other little bit of news, there was a bit, a few grumblings around um, that they had problems with the course, and uh, I think a newspaper got really a bit of the wrong angle on that. They they haven't got full road closure, and the, the newspapers reported that that was going to mean the event was off, and it, it just means that um, part of the bike course is not going to have road closure, which isn't going to be a big deal uh, knowing the roads down there. So the race is going ahead. They're getting um, a good amount of interest, and uh, the entries are starting to come in. So uh, and it's your big race, isn't it? Yeah, well, it's going to be my stepping stone race. So I'm looking to see how it goes, and uh, yeah. I don't know. We're going to go check the course out, and ne- next month when we bike down there, yeah, John and I are going to do a two big day riding day. And he's telling me today the numbers. I was a bit concerned to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> a mere ten or eleven hour day, the first day on the bike. <laughs> <laughs> okay, a um, couple other things. Actually, what on my notes here is that there's a great interview with uh, Peter Reed on in, InsideTry.com. Um, we'll put the link on the show notes, but also just check out the website. They had a kind of a going away kind of interview with Peter Reed, and it was quite an honest interview. I really liked it. 
Um, some aspects I really liked about the interview was the fact that he never considered himself a talented athlete, mm-hmm. and that um, he basically just considered himself a workaholic. Wow, and that well to get to that level, that's what he needed to do, and in doing that. Um, he just became a hermit, but he was happy to do that. And mm. uh, yeah, it was just really fascinating reading that. And the decision for him to stop really came down to the point when he determined that he just didn't want to work that hard anymore. And because he didn't yeah. feel he was talented, yeah. So it, it, there's lots more to it. So feel free to check out the, um, we'll put the link on the show notes. It's a really good read and they had some really good questions on there. So yeah, check that out. And one that I found that I thought might be relevant for you on Triathlete Magazine, <laughs> the Swimsuit Model Search. I so I think Bevan's, uh, Bevan could line up there. He loves doing a bit of modeling, oh. just get his gear off, oh. do a bit of a ab stretch. And, one and time years ago, one time years ago, I did this modeling naked on a bike. Oh, Christ. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that comes across really bad because it was actually a respectable photo of me naked on a bike. Oh, dear. <laughs> and it, was, it was actually a copy of a Lance Armstrong photo. But anyway, it's, it's, you guys don't want to hear I that. won't tell you the other stuff Bevan was talking about on our ride today. <laughs> we, we talked about peeing, we talked about a bit of nakedness, but I think that's as far as it's we'll as go. It's as far as it goes. So, uh, results over last weekend? Yeah, so Norseman. Um, last year we had... Uh, Bjorn Anderson winning the race and he's a fellow that comes out to Christchurch every year uh, he was the only one who actually finished this year he was actually out there supporting Jonas Colting uh, who also comes out to Christchurch very strong Swedish guy has finished in the top three in the world uh, long course champs a number of times finished second to Cameron Brown at Ironman New Zealand so a really strong athlete um, and he was using it as a preparation for the Almere uh, Triathlon in, in Holland in a couple of weeks time so he was actually leading for um, a good section of the race. He came out of the swim with uh, another fella um, who's, uh, who actually went on to win the race, Ollie Stugard, Stugard. Uh, and he's from Denmark. Uh, and then I think Jonas sort of broke away a little bit on the bike and then sort of came, they came back together, uh, and then Jonas had a few problems on the run. So this guy, Ollie Stugard, uh, took the race out, and his time was 10 hours 49.57. So, so she's a slowed out the office. Slowed out the office. And I know they start very, very early in the morning. I, I, I got Jonas's race reported, and I think he was up at 3 a.m. in the morning. And I think, really? the, I think the start time is like 5 or 6 a.m. in the morning. Wow. Um, swimming in a beautiful fjord and... In Norway, and it's apparently a fantastic race. So it's exact same distances. Yeah, just just a very long really day hard. at the office. So the swim times there were about forty nine minutes. So that's that's pretty standard. Yep. Um, the bike times obviously weren't uh, anything to write home about. Five hours fifty, five hours twenty three, and five hours fifty for the first three. Yep. So the second guy, Thomas Sundell uh, from Norway, he blitzed the guys yeah, he on, the on the bike. He put about thirty minutes into them, but he struggled a little bit on the run. So the run times. Uh, 4.07 for the first guy, uh, 4.27 for second, and Jonas did 4.38, and the fourth guy did 4.12. So pretty much all Scandinavians, and not a lot of guys from Norway, uh, Denmark, Sweden, Netherlands, uh, a few Germans there. So good racing there. On a chick sort of thing, we had Marie... <laughs> Marie Vesla... Vesleltal. Yeah, we yeah. Go, there we go, from Norway. Swam a 1 hour 22 biked 8 no, 7, oh, 7, 7, 17, 17 and did a 555 run. run for a total time of four, 14 hours 46 Whoa. so a big long day at the office what was the slowest time there scroll down slowest to the bottom time. Okay, let's go down to the bottom of the page and lots of do not finish 18 hours and 8 no, minutes no 20 hours 20 hours uh, completed iron distance finish line blah, 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 blah. Uh, they didn't quite meet the cutoff time, so it looks like the slowest person was 18 hours and eight minutes who who completed the full course. So it's a long day, long day at the office. Uh, well done to all you guys, and we also had an email from. Give me some time here from from Jorgen Milau. From he tells us we do have some listeners in Scandinavia, which is very cool. I'm loving that. Lots of. Hopefully lots of uh, hot blondes from uh, ah, Scandinavia. Uh, and he actually sent in um, just to tell us that the race had been on. And uh, But there, there we go. So the results from Norseman. Mm. Also we had Embram. Now have we got the results there or not? Embram 05, Embram Man 06. Oh, it was only held yesterday. So uh, we're not quite sure if we have got the results yet. No, it doesn't look like we have. Okay, but Embram was on uh, yesterday, so we'll bring those results to you next week. Um, but uh, as we know, very, very uh, tough course, uh, probably the toughest in the world. 
So we'll come back to that. Uh, the next one we had was the Trochia uh, Troika Triathlon. It was a half Ironman. If he clicks on the o Triathlon overall, I just thought I'd give this a quick mention because one of my athletes won the race. Clark, oh, Clark Halverson, it was a half Ironman. Four hours, 15 minutes. Killed everybody. Killed uh, them. Swam 29, bike 211. And that's pretty fast. <laughs> yeah. Half Ironman, then ran a 131, and he won by uh, eight minutes. So well done to Clark. Uh, and a pretty convincing win there. Okay, so races coming up this weekend. We've got, what do we got? We've got I'm in UK's I'm coming in up. UK. Yeah. So we have a quick look at the uh, the men's and women's fields there. So that's um, the chicks. Pretty, pretty tough course over there in, in the UK. Uh, very, very rolling. I've done the half I've, I've done the half Ironman in, at this place and a very, very rolling course. So it's the same course they use for the half and the full? I'm not sure if it's exactly the same. Um, I think it's similar to the, the course they used to have down there for the half. So okay. you swim in a little lake. I think it's a, it's a two-lapper of the swim. Uh, sort of on the castle grounds, very scenic and picturesque. Mm, they've got uh, a picture on the website. It looks very cool, doesn't it? Yeah, but I think was it either last year or the year before they had terrible problems with fog on the morning and the race start got delayed by about oh. an hour and a half. And oh man, that would have been terrible. Uh, so this year, the, the men's the, the fields don't really look very stacked. If we look at the women's, there's only two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, thirteen pro women. Mm. Um, Rebecca Preston. Rebecca Preston, last year's defending champ, and she's one of the girls we've talked about over the last few weeks. Who's done just about every Ironman on the calendar, yep. um, and she's been going fantastically well. So we'll see if she can hold on to that form. Um, in terms of other girls that I know on there, uh, I'm not so really you- familiar with. Uh, too many of them. We've got Kirsty Goff, uh, who comes down here to Christchurch. She's an American girl. Uh, she was training really well over summer. Um, actually, is the partner of Klaus Bjorling. Uh, so okay. she's yep. pretty strong. So I think she's ready for a breakthrough. She won her age group at Ironman Hawaii the same year as uh, Klaus did. So it's a few years back now. But uh, and she I also think, did really, really well in I'm half Ironman in Auckland. Yeah, this she year. Set, a, yeah. set a new race record. So I think those would be um, perhaps two to look out for, and I'm not that familiar with uh, any of the other names there. There's no real big hitters. Mm. I'm kind of thinking that there might be a few late entries there because what you do find, if if the pro fields aren't really stacked, you do get a few cherry pickers coming and uh, just trying to make a little bit of money and they just don't go and do lots of Ironmen. So I think while we look at the pro men's list as well, again, it's not really that stacked. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we get a few more additions to that yeah i did some research on the guys on the list and again i was yeah there wasn't that many strong strong ironman there no there's some good english guys there um so we've obviously got rosie rosie's back to try and take the one he dominated the race last year and if he's in the same form uh, as he was then i think he'll dominate again mm. he did do lake placid yeah, only a few weeks yeah, ago and yeah. didn't have a fantastic race um and i think probably the other big name there will be klaus bjorling to look out for He's had a really, uh, really good season so far. Did really well in Roth. Got fourth. And, yeah, got fourth. And if he's anywhere close to the guys uh, coming off the bike, uh, he'll be a real threat. He's just a machine runner. Another one to look out for is Richard Allen, uh, who's one of the strong English guys. Uh, very, very good at half Ironman. Um, so we'll see how he 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 um, goes up against things. Chris Volley is a fellow I used to race quite a bit in France. Um, see how he does. Uh, and that's really about it in terms of the guys that I'm, I'm really familiar with. Um, you always get a few guys sort of uh, coming through and, and kicking butt. Mm. Um, and I'm sure there's a few English guys there that, that we're pr- perhaps not so familiar with. Um, so good luck to all you guys. We know we've got quite a few listeners in the UK. If it's your first Ironman, have a great yeah, time. Yeah, definitely. Go out there and enjoy yourself. The weather's been um, pretty good apparently over there in the UK. So uh, hopefully you're nice and fit. Pace yourselves, eat plenty on the bike, and uh, and just get ready. Just be patient. Till the it must be a bit of a run. tougher course as well because it's quite a slow time. Like Rhodesy won it in what eight forty five or something like that last year. Not a quick course. <clears throat> and I was um, looking at the top ten. Uh, well, there was a guy who got ninth as a pro, and did nearly nine and a half hours. So yeah, yeah it's so <clears throat> tough out the office. So so don't don't clock watch. Just go out there and have fun and uh, let the process sort of take care of itself and uh, and just make sure you get to the finish line. <laughs> So Timberman seventy point three. Yeah, just I just thought um, there's, there's more and more seventy three point threes popping up. So it appears that it is doing quite well, particularly in the states. It seems that a lot of the half Ironman events are going down the seventy point three route. So it'd be good to hear from you guys to see um, maybe if you think the seventy point three is improving the standard of the the event organisation. Whether you think that it's doing anything at all, whether you think it's a waste of money and it's over publicised, because we haven't really had a lot. Um, of, of sort of to, to see what the 70.3 is really doing we have commented that the uh, 
that the the website doesn't seem to be that fantastic with giving race updates and things like that. Yeah, they don't so. seem to put the same commitment into the seventy point three, or at least Ironman Corporation doesn't, um, into the seventy point three kind of stuff that they have, you know, that they have with the Ironman stuff. Yeah, like you do race reports and they don't get the results up there, and they don't have the Ironman live aspect there, and obviously you're not paying as much as a event organizer to run a seventy point three. So yeah. maybe maybe you just don't get that as a part of it. So maybe a bit of feedback from you guys that are, that are doing those races and tell us if you think it's making any difference. It's exactly the same for you. Um, yeah, and we'd be interested here. So Timberman's coming up this weekend. There's also a number of other races around the world. Um, we had a guy uh, email in from Scotland, the Aberfeldy Half Ironman's on. I was um, On my birthday. On your birthday. On my birthday. Oh, no. Oh, it's a special day. Bevan's clicking over another year. Yeah, it's 29. Getting, getting closer to the big 3-0. Yep, so this Saturday, the 19th yeah. of August. <laughs> Send us in some presents. So don't, don't, if you're going to send Bevan something, don't forget to send me something as well. <laughs> I want to make sure I feel loved. <laughs> um, so we had, I think it was uh, Scott Paul from up in uh, Scotland. It's going to be his first half Ironman, so he sent us this uh, letter in just saying that uh, he's up to Aberfeldy. Now we do have a bit of a Kiwi connection there. Um, Stephen Sheldrake often goes up there and does uh, wins that race quite regularly. He's a Kiwi guy who's married to a Scottish girl, so he spends a reasonable amount of time up in uh, Edinburgh. Uh, so we'll see if he goes up there again this year. So Scott, good luck with that race. Uh, Scott was also giving us a bit of help with our pronunciations, so we appreciate that. <laughs> Apparently we completely balls one up a few weeks ago. Um, Which is just so yeah. <laughs> such a surprise. Yeah, <laughs> Katrina Morrison, who recently won the 70.3. So apparently uh, you do pronounce the name Katrina, um, where it looks like it should be pronounced Katriona. So we, we got that one wrong. Apologies if you're listening. Um, but she also represented Scotland at the World, or she just won the World Duathlon Champs and represented Scotland at the Commonwealth Games. So good luck, Scott, for your race this weekend. And yeah, we also got to mention about that race from a guy called Chris Blemish. So mm-hmm. yeah, so Very good. obviously lots of people are trying to kind of get their events out there. So if you guys want to kind of get us to talk about more events and get more people into it, probably try getting to us a little bit earlier because it's, you know, obviously... Not too many people are going to listen to us and decide to do it this weekend, although maybe we have that kind of influence. <laughs> I think we've got quite a bit of power They're out probably going to get another 300 people to the event now. Yeah. Uh, 3,000. 3,000 people. <laughs> so, so yeah, So, but if you want us to promote your event, give us a yell and uh, give us an email and we'll be keen to do that. Right now, so that's the news and reviews for this week. Age Grouper of the Week. It's right, just better by the week, doesn't it? It's into Bevan's domain now. Into I've got my nothing domain. Nothing to do with this, and I'm loving it because you guys are making my work so much easier. Richard Kingsford from where is Richard from? I don't know where he's from actually. He's from Alpine Energy. He's oh. from New Zealand. Is he? Yeah, yeah look at that. 03, 027. Oh, there you go. Richard actually sent us through an email about an age grouper that he read of on some website called svtriclub.org and he reckons it's a great website if you just want to get a bit of motivation from reading other people's race reports. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't actually looked at the website, but... Oh, um, yeah, mate, what if it's happening to your peas? Oh, no, I didn't, I didn't think it was necessary because he gave me the work. <laughs> so what he did is um, he was just talking about a lady called Karen... B Brevens, we decided, wasn't it? No, we decided Bivens. Bivens? It's B I V E N B E N S. So now this this was actually a while ago, this age grouper of the weekend, but it was, was quite an impressive story. She came over to New Zealand one year, and it must have been two thousand and four, and she missed the cutoff. And I'm, we were there. Were you there? Yeah, yeah I was there. Yeah. Was and tucked up in bed though. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't moving very She missed fast out by then. she missed the cutoff time by a matter of minutes. And Ken Glar went back to his hotel room and got his medal and gave it to her, which was a pretty special thing to do. And, you know, I suppose Ken Glar's been, how many has he done? Like 100 blooming nine men over his days. <laughs> and so, like, that was really impressive of him. But she kind of thought, well, that's not good enough. I'm going to come back again. And I'm going to do it. And I'm going to try qualify at the same time. And she came back and she managed to qualify in 15 hours and 30. So, yep. you know, great, great improvement over a year. And just mm. a real, you know, really grab the spirit of what the sport is all about. And so... I just thought, you know, thank you for that, Richard, and she was our age grouper of the week. So Very good. Yeah, age grouper of the and, week. And what was really cool is that the next year she gave the medal back to Ken at... Um, oh, yeah. Mm, I think mm. I remember that, actually. Yeah, yeah, and she kind of got up and did a speech at the after function, so, yeah. That's oh, what it's all about. Made me want to cry. Those tears. <laughs> <It> was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's our age grouper of the week.
Flipside of the week. So this week we got an email from Matthew, our famous email buddy, about a basically an online Iron Man magazine called, uh, the website is www.imemag.com. Now, admittedly, I tried to download it myself, and I'm having trouble doing that, and I'm not sure if that's a Mac problem. Oh, the good old Mac, eh? <laughs> I'm pretty uh, sure it's not, because Mac, sure Mac's always a right. Problem. But um, it seems to be that they're creating a basically an online web um, magazine, eMag, and it's free to subscribe to. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I can't really review it, because I couldn't get a current issue of it, but... Um, yeah. Oh, up to issue five. Yeah, so they've been doing it for a little while. Yeah. And it's like Faris El Sultan on one first one, and then you know, it's like Luke Bell. Yep, Chris McCormick. I can't tell. Maca. Chris McCormick on the latest yep. one. So, yeah, so guys, check it out, and uh, maybe you guys can give us some feedback. I might get John to have a look at it himself. On my PC. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think it's more their problem. Surely <laughs> yeah. it would be an Apple problem. But, yeah, it, it could be a cool resource, and it's free, which I like. You like free things. Yeah, definitely. Well, you know. AKA Bevan cheap ass. Well, well I just, I mean, what I do get frustrated with a lot of these websites is that they, um, the magazine websites, obviously they try to make money through selling their magazines. And it just becomes quite a frustration to get the content out of them. Whereas mm. this, this group here, again, I haven't really looked at it yet, but I'm seeing, I'm thinking that what they're going to do is have a free magazine. They'll obviously make their money from advertising. And I, I just mm. like that it's a better way to do it. Mm. For me, I like that better. And so I would much rather look at something like this and another magazine website that holds back all its information. So thanks for that, Matthew. And it's our website of the week. Website of the week. Mate, you're on fire today. Oh, I'm loving it. Coach's Corner. It was a bit different today, mate. It was. It was a bit, a bit of variety. Okay. So today, Swimming Etiquette 101. 101. Bevan, take serious attention here. <laughs> so I was... I, I, it's one of my gripes is people that annoy me in the pool. <laughs> and uh, yeah. And so that's I thought I'll just quickly whip up a few ideas for, for you guys because I do appreciate that you know a lot of people do not come from a swimming background and they may be fully unaware that they are doing anything wrong. Yeah. So we've got a few notes here. We'll put them up on the on the show notes as well. It's also really good as well because um, for you, the more experienced swimmer, you know, you get frustrated. But the newer people, we don't know. You exactly. know, like when you first start out, you're, yep. you're, it's a bit scary and daunting, and, and yeah. everything has its etiquette, doesn't it? So and a lot of these things are, are unwritten rules. You know, nobody mm. will tell you, so you sort of learn learn by experience. But uh, we're mm. going to hopefully accelerate that learning process a little bit. Yeah. Um, so yes, first one we've got up here is when you're going down to the pool and you're starting a session, the first thing you should do is turn up on time. Mm. I'm a big stickler about this and my first coach I used to have um, a guy by the name Clive Power I actually saw the other day if you were even five seconds late to the session forget about it you're not getting in the pool oh really <laughs> and uh, so basically you had to turn up on time you had to be doing a bit of a stretch before you get in just a light stretch and you were in the water and everybody got in on time if you were late see you later you're not getting in really and I really enjoyed that and uh, and I thought it was uh, was a good thing a lot of coaches around the world aren't are definitely not like that and they sort of let you turn up late but I would encourage you to turn up on time and this uh, kind of leads on to my um, second point if you are a little bit late for some reason and the coach is, is a nice man and he lets you in late a nice man or female mm. um, don't just jump in and start the warm-up from scratch you basically get in at the end of the lane and fit into to where the lane's up to. Um, otherwise, you just end up disrupting the, the group and, and people get annoyed because you're going off and doing kick and they're trying to come through doing freestyle or something like that. Uh, so just join in at the back of the group and, and join into where they're up to with, with regards to the warm And even if you aren't the strongest swimmer in that one, do join in at the back until you get warmed up. Don't try because yeah. they might be kicking themselves at the front. Yeah. You know, you do need to warm up, so make sure you, you know, start at the back and then when you're warmed up. And, and an important thing to, to understand is which direction to be swimming. I guess this, this applies. It's quite a common sense thing, but, uh, but some people don't quite understand how it all works. Um, if you are going for a squad swim, it should be pretty clear. If you're just going to jump in the pool and it's sort of public hours, then you've obviously got to be aware of which way you should be swimming. You should be circling in the lane. Now, in New Zealand, um, at some of the pools, we actually alternate between the lanes so one lane will be swimming clockwise and one lane will be swimming anti-clockwise and it'll be swapping each time and the reason we do that is so you don't clock each other with your arms um, if everybody swims in the same direction you're going to have swimmers swimming against each other granted the lane rope is in between but it's still very very yeah. easy to whack each other's arms so um, really just fit in with what the whatever the pool's doing but uh 
but we like to do that in New Zealand because we like to th- <laughs> we like to think we're thinkers. Oh yeah, but the other day I was at the pool and I was telling John about this on the on the ride to this morning. I'm at the pool and I went to a pool which isn't really a swimmer's pool; it's more of a public pool. And this guy starts swimming straight. At me. <laughs> <laughs> I was an angry man, yeah. and I, oh, I kind of oh, I was angry. But anyway, sorry. Yeah. But I think it's, especially in Europe, a lot of the pools don't have lane ropes, and you just gotta do the best you can but um good just communicate with the people that are in the lane just say look um you know what's going on here which way are you circling and, yeah. and a bit of communication well, you can just watch them it's pretty easy but, yeah. exactly. um and my final thing for when you're sort of getting in and starting the session is uh don't jump in and dive in front of somebody <laughs> who's who's coming up firstly you know it can disrupt them and they can get a big mouthful of water it's uh, not that much fun either so <laughs> so that's my first little tips for um when you're starting the uh, the session Probably my next point, which is sort of um, following distances, is probably quite a key one. Um, basically, if you're in a squad, you've got to try and leave a consistent gap between swimmers. So if you're in a pool where there's, there's not too, you know, a 50-meter pool and there's not too many of you, leave a 10-second gap and make, make that a consistent 10-second gap. Don't leave 7 seconds one interval, 5 seconds the next, 10 seconds the next one, because the people behind you are going to have that run-on effect. So always leave a consistent gap. So it's generally going to be 5 seconds or 10-second gap. Uh, if the pool's crowded, you're probably going to have to do a 5-second gap. Um, but the key is to keep it consistent. And uh, this is one that's going to bug Bevan a little bit, is uh, try not to follow the swimmer in front of you too closely uh, for the person in front it's bloody annoying um, because you just you've always got it in the back of your mind that somebody's sucking on your feet and when you go to turn you know you've got to sort of push off on an angle so you don't swim straight into them and the person behind isn't really getting the real workout yet it's a bit like being on the bike and just sitting in behind somebody the whole time um, you're not getting the real effect of the workout so to be honest I do do a little bit of that I have to admit <laughs> and I tend to find when I get tired I start to do it that you know I'm actually not able to keep up with those guys anymore and so especially if you want to go over an hour I'm pretty good for an hour yeah. but sometimes once I start to go over an hour I really start to tire and the only way I find I'm able to keep up is actually to use their draft and oh, um, we're going to get you out to QE2 and to the real, the real boys pool yeah, yeah, and, yeah probably. Uh, we'll get that endurance up or maybe even next situation probably best to drop a lane yeah yeah. yeah. Um, you want to be yeah, you want to be... Getting... Because the thing is, I don't actually want to get dropped off, because once you're dropped off, then you just fall out and they're lapping you and stuff. And... Exactly. Yeah. Um, so that's a few little tips on sort of following distances. Next one's passing. Um, so there is a bit of etiquette with regards to passing people. If you're looking to try and pass somebody, um, actually passing them swimming rather than them stopping and, and letting you pass, try to start your passing sort of manoeuvre as early as possible during that lap. So rather than leaving it to the last sort of 15, 20 metres where you've got to sprint past them, Try to start passing as quickly as possible or as early on in the lap. Um, tap the person on the feet, you know, once, possibly twice, but probably just once. Yeah. You don't want to sit there whacking somebody's feet. Again, it's highly annoying. Um, and then so give them a little tap so then they know that you want to come past. Do not tap people's feet if you're not going to pass. Again, yeah. very, very annoying. Or, or if they're only just, you know, if you're at the same speed. Yeah, yeah. highly annoying. But you pass them and then they have to <laughs> tap you again. So, so that's the key is to give them a tap and then they should know that you're going you're gonna to be trying to come past. Uh, then move to, the, you always pass on the outside. So move to the middle of the lane and then make your manoeuvre. Um, keep an eye out for people coming, coming up the other way. Uh, you don't even want to have a head-on collision. If you're in a lane with, 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 that is which, uh, that has got, like people who are a lot slower, mm. and you pass them more time, would you tell them to move lanes? Uh, if you're in a squad situation, it's probably down to the coach to get the person to move lanes. Um, yeah. So you don't want to be too much of a lane Nazi and clobber people as you're going past. Mm. But, uh, but you know, like you sometimes just, people are in the wrong lane, Yeah, and it can be quite frustrating. Yeah, mm. you can. If it's a public lane, I, I tend to just give a little extra kick when you're going past, <laughs> and, uh, and maybe do a bit of butterfly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, if, if it's you that is getting past, um, just slow down a little bit. If they tap you on the feet, that's an indication they want to come past. Slow down a little bit. Move to the side. Um, what you really want to avoid doing is stopping in the middle of the pool. Uh, you just want to keep swimming, slow down a little bit. If, if, if they haven't finished their passing maneuver, maybe just pull over at the end uh, of the length and just let them turn and then push off um, straight behind them. Um, so that's my few little tips on passing to try and keep everybody happy. Mm. Uh, the next one I've got down is um, when you're stopping or resting, um, what you want to do is keep to the corners of the lane. So if, if, for example, you have fallen behind or you can't 
cope with the, the interval times and there's still people swimming in the lane, keep to the corners of the lane. Um, the idea is that people, when they come in to do their turn, they're going to turn on the painted tee which is on the wall. So you really want to keep that clear. And uh, if you are swimming with faster swimmers and ex-swimmers, they will literally tumble turn on top of you if you stand on that blue line. It's a rule. You don't stand on the blue on the mm. blue tee. So, mm. so keep that clear uh, and let people who are coming through behind you um, get through. We should probably do something about tumbly turning, eh? Tum- tumbly turning, tumbly, tum- <laughs> <laughs> tumble turning. You know, like it's yeah, it's a skill that a lot of people who are new to the sport find yep. really, really tough. And it's yep. um, yeah, there's a number of ways, a number of sort of processes you can go through to try and uh, to try and master your tumble turn. So we can do that at some stage. Mm, yeah, definitely. Um, right here, if you're in, the, in the, swimming a, with a squad and you're doing a set of intervals, um, stick to the program interval times. You know, like, like you said. Um, if you're not in the, the appropriate lane, uh, say for example you're in a lane that perhaps you're a little bit too fast for, don't go just chopping and changing the interval times. Again, it will disrupt the lane. If you're too fast for the lane, just stick to those interval times and you're just going to have to stick uh, deal with getting a little bit of extra rest. Um, mm. So you've got to think of the other swimmers. You, obviously, you want to go in there and get the best workout you can, but you've also got to think of your your, your other swimmers. The other thing with that is that intervals, the rest is just as important. That, yeah. That's the purpose of an interval is to have work really hard but then to have that recovery time. And, and I know in swimming it seems to be that you just don't want to hit the guys who have meant to have a 20-second rest or have a five-second rest. Yeah. And, yeah, and it's just you're not really achieving the objective of what you're meant to be doing at that moment. So, you know, especially for the leader, like the leader is the person yeah. who really dictates what's going to happen. So if you are the leader in your lane, really make sure if it's 20 seconds on the board, you really have 20 seconds off. And exactly. then, you know, you'll be better for that next set and, yeah. you know, you're achieving a better result from that kind of workout. Exactly. Mm. Um, and probably my um, my final one is getting out... Um, if you're going to get out, you know, say for example, you've got to go to work and then that's just the way the cookie crumbles and you're not going to be able to do a full session. Um, look at the clock when you're starting each new set and uh, if you're not going to be able to finish that set, then move to the back of the lane and do as much as you can. Because again, say for example, you're third person in the lane and you're going to start a set of say 8 times 200 and you're only going to be able to do five of them because you know how much time you've got left mm. if you get out get out after the fifth one it's really going to throw the rhythm for the rest of the lane for the, the final um three intervals so have a look at the clock and if you know you're not going to finish move to the back of the lane do what you can and then get out um but you generally don't want to um if you're going to start a set you really want to be aiming to try and finish it and uh and so that's my last little point do, uh, do you have just going to throw this at you do you have any mm. etiquette for being a leader of the lane um You've got to be a good counter. Yeah, um, <laughs> true. Probably a good tip is um, when I'm leading lanes, I'm always using the clock to help me with my counting. Yep. So, for example, say I'm doing uh, doing 800s, I'll, I'll know what I'm doing roughly per 100 meters, and every time I come up for the turn at the 100, I'll just have a quick glance at the clock, and if I lose count during, during say, the 800, I can generally look up at the clock, and that will help me know what I'm back on. So, say, for example, I'm swimming on... Um, a 120 cycle, uh, if I'm holding 120s for, per 100, uh, and say I get to 500 metres and I know I've been sticking on that, then the clock should be around 20, 40, 60. It should be around about on the 40 mark. Okay. So I'm using always using the clock to help me count. Um, and so that's probably one tip. Uh, not treating it as a race? Not treating it as a race, no. Um, just get it, getting into a nice rhythm and, and helping the lane to pace it. I think typically... A lot of people really struggle to go easier. They're always worried about those people being up their ass. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so if it does say descend one to three, just tell the guys in the lane, right, we're descending this one to three, yeah. and uh, this is going to be the time that I'm going to set off. So that's probably another thing that I do. If I've got people that are of similar ability behind me, um, and when you are about to start a main set, I'll say, look, I'm going to be aiming to hold, um, you know, 123s here. I'm going to aim to try and do 120s, and then I'm going to try and aim to go down to 115. So then everybody in the lane knows what uh, what's what, and everybody can stay happy. And if somebody's feeling fantastic, they can take over the lead, um, and it should all be hunky dory. Do you, do you let people take over the lead? Oh yeah, totally. I mean, especially the guys that I swim with. There's about you know, there's generally about four or five of us that are uh, similar ability. Some of the guys are better at pull. You generally know who's quickest at the at, at sort of each different thing. I'm pretty crap at pull, um, but I tend to be a bit quicker at you know the straight freestyles. So yeah. we chop, chop and change around a little bit. Um, 
And some days people are on fire, some days you're having a shocker, and uh, yep. then you sort of move back. We tend to, um, at our pools, we tend to um, have different people have do different sets. Yeah. So you actually rotate it around a little bit. Yeah. One of my biggest mistakes when I do lead the lane, which isn't often, but when I do, <laughs> as I, I am too competitive at times, and I try to, the lane next to us is the faster lane. Yeah. I always try to keep up with those boys, and yeah, yeah sometimes I have to control myself. And so, the, yeah, the last thing is, is sort of what we've been talking about is um, just sort of communicate. Um, with the guys in the lane and then everybody's happy keep your gaps uh, and you should have a happy family and everybody's going to get a good workout mm. so mm. that's uh, Coach's Corner an association with triathloncoach.net oh you're to do that now yeah. oh, you just threw that in without telling me <laughs> <laughs> oh that's beautiful so, right then well questions and answers questions do we have music for questions and answers no I don't think we no, have no, no we just <laughs> roll into the questions and answers for this actually week. before we go into questions and answers We've got some really, really cool news on a couple of things. Um, uh, do I know about this news? You kind of do, but I'm going to find... <laughs> Here we go. Gonna... A while back we mentioned about how we were going to get the video from Mark Allen and Dave Scott. Yeah. Um, and it's been sent through to us. Now I'm just trying to find the guy who sent it through to us. I think it's Ross. Ross, 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 Ross. Yep. Um, yeah, Ross sent it through to us. And... Uh, a second... Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, Ross, and I think he was from Australia. Ross sent it through to us, and I finally got it, and it's really cool. I watched it the other day. Dave, I'm going to give it to you to watch, and you can go home and watch it. And it's such a great video. It's the whole race, so it's you know it's a typical Ironman video from the race, which was in 1989, mm-hmm. and it's a Dave Mark Allen, you know, where they went at their absolute best. Now, what I've done is I've uploaded that to my computer, and then I'm going to try put it on Google video because apparently Google video is actually better than YouTube because you can put longer content on. Mm. Um, now when I uploaded it to my computer it was done in about five different parts so mm-hmm. what I'm going to do is I'm going to try upload it to Google video uh, probably over the next couple of days and I'm going to put it on the website. So guys just check out the website over the next couple of days and I'll have the link that it will be to on Google. Oh very cool. Yeah and it's really cool and it's, it was a good video as well because it was the first year that Rick Hoyt, Rick and Dick Hoyt did the uh, race and you know th- those guys are Legends. Yeah, they really are. So that's really cool. And the other thing is as well, we've got another product review to do for next week. Oh, I love product reviews. Oh, product review <laughs> weekly. The product review center. center. <laughs> that's right. Um, and that's really cool because I got hold of uh, Chris Carmichael's. Yeah, yep. Spin things. Yeah, yeah, his yep. spin videos. So um, one of them's on sprinting, which probably isn't so you know long with what we do, but he's also got one on hill climbing. So we're going to have a look at those and give you some review on them. And uh, that guy obviously knows his stuff, so it'll be interesting mm. to see, you know, what that's all about. So anyway, Righty-ho. back backtrack. Now we're going. Back now we're going back on questions up. and answers. Um, so first one here was from Jeff Sower, who's a fellow I actually coached through to uh, Lake Placid uh, cool. from Connecticut. He smoked his personal best there, so it was uh, fantastic to see. Um, and he just wanted to ask a question. How come with over 2,000 races in most Ironmans, only the pros come in the top 20 most of the time? There is uh, There has to be amateurs training as many hours with the same talent. Do you think it comes down to drug use or something else? Is it training or whatever? Oh, it's because I'm not using the coach. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get you up there in the top 20, Jeff. Yeah. Um, I think it really comes down to a number of things. And I think what we've uh, highlighted over a number of um, episodes is what you'll find is a lot of the guys that are racing under the pro category aren't actually pros. They're, they're athletes, you know, say like Bevan, for example, who's yep. working. I, I work a, a lot and I still race in the pro category. So there is only really a, a very small number of pure pros out there racing. Um, and what you'll also find is if you do actually look close, there will be a, quite a few age groupers up up in the, say, the top 20. Mm. Um, and what you find with the, the, the top age groupers is often they're more professional than a lot of the, the pros yeah. because a lot of them maybe have made a lot of money elsewhere and uh, they don't have to work at all, whereas the pros are trying to work and trying to scrape through a living. Mm. Um, so often you'll find the top age groupers are actually more professional than the professionals. Um, so yes, I think it, a part of it comes down to talent. I don't think drug use is a major problem in triathlon yet. Yes, it is a problem, I think, for... Uh, for a small group, but it's by no means anything like cycling, uh, purely because of the costs involved in it. Just so. on that, I read a really great book the other day called Breaking the Chain Breaking by Willie Voot. Willie Voot. Yeah, Voot is it. Yeah. And um, oh, guys, get hold of that book. It's just a fascinating insight to drugs and cycling. And, uh, you know, I think we kind of deep down, we all knew there was a bit of drugs in the sport, but it was just how much there was drugs and yeah. for how long it's been going on for. It's institutionalised. Yeah, like back to the 70s, you know, yeah. and it was probably before that, it was just his involvement has been from the 70s, and 
uh, really opened my eyes. To... So it's, it's called Breaking the Chain by Willie Vogt. Yeah. Um, it's a really quick read. It's You'll read it in a couple of days. Small book. Yeah. But uh, he was actually involved in the Festina team. He was a sonneur for the Festina team. Um, and that was when the first really big drug bust happened in uh, 98 in the Tour de France, mm. when the police got involved and all the Festina guys got put in jail. And uh, oh, it was all sorts of crap going on. So, yeah. so uh, but it was just a really great insight. And, you know, just how those guys don't actually think they're taking, they're not, they're not cheating in their mind. And, it, you yeah. know, that's what, as John was saying, it's institutionalized into the way they. they well, Landis, see that somebody gave him somebody somebody spiked it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm I'm very pessimistic. So that's that's sort of our answer there, Jeff. I don't think there's a lot of drug use. Um, talent, I don't. I think has less to do with uh, with getting to the top of Ironman than say other sports. I think at short course racing, um, talent has more of an influence on the result. But as Bevan talked about before, Peter Reed, he didn't believe he had he was the most talented athlete in the world. Mm. And and when you look at a lot of the guys that do do very well in Ironman, it's it's not down to talent; it's that they outwork the other person. Yep. And Gordo's another good example. Um, Cameron Brown is is a talented athlete, but he is by far means not the most talented athlete in the world. But he outworks other people. Um, so that's a, a fairly common trend in uh, in Ironman racing. Another thing on this one is as well is that a lot of people don't start Ironman until later in life, and mm. so you know a lot of people don't really start till the thirty, you know, because it's mm. it's one of those more consuming sports, and we're trying to look for that personal challenge and all that stuff, and so you tend to find most people don't really start till the thirties. It's quite mm. a rare sport for most people to be in the twenties, and so. Um, although they may become really good athletes, they're never going to get to that top level. You know, when you get if you start in your mid thirties, you're never going to become a top twenty person. Exactly. Um, or you may, but you know, unless you know, you know it becomes your life. But yeah. generally speaking, most people who take up the sports take it up a little bit later as well. So Jeff, don't sit down tra- not training too much. Lake Placid wasn't that long ago. I know you get up, <laughs> make sure you get back out there training again. Um, right. So our next one is from Grant Russell, uh, and he said that we mentioned a clip of Lance winning a try a yeah. few, few years ago. Which again, um, like, we mentioned it a few podcasts ago and it was really funny because we, we beat Mike Pig, I think it was, and just watching him as a young man and also the clothes they wore. Was, uh, and this is actually more of a question for you. He's talking about the low volume. So what are you going to do about the low volume? Meaning? Oh, okay. Yeah, we have been, like, Last week's show, episode 19, we seemed to, we got a lot of feedback on low volume um, in the show. And to be honest, I wasn't 100% sure what the problem was, but I recall when we were recording it, Remember, I couldn't. There was something off the program. Yeah. Remember last week, and because we recorded the shows back to back, so we did Iron Man episode eighteen, Iron Man talk episode eighteen, and then nineteen back to back, and it just seemed really weird that everyone was giving feedback on nineteen. Um, but at the time, there wasn't an issue with the program. So what I would like you guys to do is actually give us some feedback on this week's show, just to let us know if it is okay again. Um, I seem to think that well, the program seems to be working well today, so um, I seem to think it will be all right. But can you guys just give us some feedback on that? That'd be great if you could do that for us. And just also, thanks. Like it's great you guys giving us feedback because you know we aren't you know professional radio people and we we think we're getting better as the time goes on. But the feedback you guys give us is valuable. So in anything in any areas you feel you can give us some feedback on on just production of the show, that'd be great. Very good. Hmm. Uh, so the next one, we had a few emails from Ray Connor. Uh, yeah, from Try Talk. Try Talk. We love the Try Talk people. So he's somewhere from uh, the UK. He's obviously with BT. So he's he must be from uh, England or. Island or somewhere over that that neck of the woods. Uh, so he had a quick question on our feelings on monthly benchmarks. By this I mean once a month during uh, doing some run, bike or swim session to compare the previous months uh, and just sort of benchmarking how you're going along um, and whether this is going to perhaps set you up for disappointment. Um, so I'm, I'm a big believer in definitely doing some benchmark tests. Uh, and just any sort of distance is fine. Uh, typically in the pool, you know, either 400, 1K or 2K um, tests, I think, are, are really handy. Uh, 1,500 metres. The key thing is that you're recording them, and then you're going to go back and compare them. Now, if you're very new to the sport, what you're probably going to find is you, you, you may well set a personal best every time you do this, just because you're new to the sport. So mm, It's kind of like doing your second Ironman, so yeah. always way faster. Yeah, so... so your point here was, are you setting yourself up to dis- for disappointment if you don't do a PB every time? I don't think so. I just think you need to do it as a, as a benchmark. You'll get a good idea on what shape you're sort of in. Set yourself some goals and make sure that they're quite specific on how you are going to try and improve. And don't set yourself up, if you are an experienced athlete, to do a personal best every time. Um, just, set, just set yourself some fairly realistic goals. And uh, So are you using it as a more of a guide to see when there's big improvements in, or big losses? Uh, more looking for improvements. Yeah, no, but like, um, you know, like obviously, sometimes in the season you're not going to be as strong. Yeah. 
but you know if you look over a couple of years and you've been benchmarking you can exactly see, yeah that's that's when it comes really powerful so and and you're obviously trying to build it up you don't want to be in the best possible shape you know Bevan and I are sort of just starting to crank up the training mm. we don't want to be setting our best times now we want to be progressing them so you know in uh, January sort of February we're going to be get in our sort of best possible shape so the tests I'd suggest doing in the pool like I said 400 1k 1500 or 2k um, is it better to do a longer because we're an Ironman uh, it's nice to have a bit of benchmark across all distances I think okay so uh, you would do all distances yeah I'd say from 400 up I think your 100 speed isn't going to be super relevant no. but for the bike I'd say anywhere between um, say 10 miles or 16 kilometers up to probably around about 40 kilometers would be fine um, and for the running uh, anywhere from sort of five to ten kilometers and probably going and doing a, doing some races rather than doing your own personal time trial a lot of places around the world have say a 5k series or a 10 kilometer series um, and so just going and doing those uh, periodically would be good as well mm, it also gives you that competitive edge while you're kind of testing that as well exactly mm. so thank you for thank you for that Ray uh, Ray also sent a question in about core conditioning now I'm gonna get you to do a little bit more work on that and cover that next week he asked about exercises for oh. core conditioning which um, which is a great question, so we'll cover that in next week's show. Matthew uh, sent in an article about, um, yeah. in, the, in the New York Times, apparently some uh, joker over there tried to set up sort of a, an informal Ironman race, uh, finishing sort of in, uh, in the middle of New York at Central Park, and uh, Ironman Corporation got word of this and uh, sort of shut it down. Although the thing is he was basically using all their logos. Yeah, and, yeah. calling it an Iron Man. Calling and, it an Iron Man. And so the, the New York Times sort of angle on this was, you know, is this fair and whatever. And, and I, I kind of agree morally. I think it kind of sucks. But um, the, the thing is Iron Man is a business. They're trying to protect their brand, so that's fine. So yeah. if, if he was going to run the event, he should have perhaps called it um, a long-distance triathlon yeah. or, or, say, the New York triathlon or, or something like that because uh, – Iron Man are very, very protective of their name, and uh, it is their business, so they need to be. Yeah, um, no, I, I actually agree with Iron Man on this one. I feel that they spend a lot of money, and they obviously bought the brand from someone, and mm. so they've had to spend a lot of money to do that. And I think it's in their best interest to protect their brand. Mm. Um, and, and all big, big businesses does do this nowadays, mm. and so yeah, I feel that they did the right thing, and that. This guy, he would have known he was pushing the limits. Mm. You know, he would have known he was in the wrong. And so the race did end up getting uh, canned. Um, we've got a, we'll put a link up there on the site. Now, I went and actually read the article a couple of days ago, and it seemed to work. But then when we tried just uh, when we were recording the show, it appears that it may have expired. So we'll, we'll, we'll put it up there, and uh, it's worth a little bit of read if you've got five minutes spare at work. Mm. I'm sure. <laughs> Never look at your computer to check emails at work, personally. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, righty ho. Yeah, so Brian Dunn, uh, he sent us through an email, just kind of an inspirational story about his mother. And um, I'm not going to go into big detail here because it was quite a big story, but it, it just uh, it, uh, one thing that's really important with Ironman is just that whole that personal challenge, the personal journey. And Brian's mother had a really kind of challenging time in her life in, in the early 70s, I think it was. And she had done the Hawaii Ironman really early on in the piece when it wasn't as popular as what it is nowadays today. And um, yeah, and he just really talks about how inspiring his mum was, and I think that's one of the cool things about our sport is that it's it's one of those things that, you know, not many people get the opportunity to Tour de France, mm-hmm. you know, and to be in a, to be in to get to do a Tour de France, you have to be an elite elite athlete who's committed so much time and energy and all the rest of it to your to your life and to you know probably five ten years of your life just to even get to that level just to get into the event. Whereas the cool thing about Ironman is that we have the chance for your everyday Joe to confront something that is of that kind of proportion in their life and hmm. um and that's one of the great things we hear through the sport is that people just and, and we all have our own story mm. you know and, and i really like that aspect and he just really sharing his mum's story and just saying how she's been a real inspiration for him and you know she's um just really kind of held the light up for him throughout life and he's kind of getting into it now and he's finding all the challenges and all that stuff coming through it so is he off to do his first iron man yeah somewhere? i think he is actually um and he was also he was always in chit not so long ago Oh, he's in New Zealand. Well, there you go. That's all the inspiration yeah. you need. So, and he was, yeah. So he was saying, if he comes back over, I said, come on, give us a call, and uh, we'll take him out on a ride. We'll yeah, we'll get, smash it. We'll, <laughs> we'll get dive bombed by magpies. It's magpie season over here in New Zealand, and uh, they're pretty. They're a very, very scary bird. They actually, when you're out on your bike, 
they come in and they actually dive bomb you and smack into your helmet. And uh, I got dive bombed twice last week, and Bevan and I did the same ride today. And we managed you should to avoid have seen them. John this morning. <laughs> We're riding along, and uh, he goes magpie, <laughs> magpie. Just uh, even if they weren't flying, he was magpieing. Got to be very, very attentive. And then apparently one nearly took me off. Yeah, because he, he sped down the hill. I was behind him, and this bird flew behind him. And I was kind of laughing to myself, but he didn't. It didn't he me. He was too fast. So, so it was fascinating stuff. Um, well, we got we got through the show without any any major hiccups today. No, it's a, no crack ups. We managed to keep the flavour of things pretty. There was a phone call. Phone somewhere call somewhere around. along the line. I had some car issues today, and the car wouldn't start. And oh, yeah, that's said. So, uh, so what do you got on for the week? I'm gonna try and keep up my consistent training. My my training log is looking very nice at the moment. Yeah, is it? cranking out a nice 15 hours every week and it sort of seems to be fitting in quite well and I can feel that base fitness starting to come back yeah. so uh, yeah so all things good and uh, we'll just keep cranking on of course I'll be spending the rest of the week preparing for next week's show of course of course I'm actually going to be doing a big there's a series called the Trek 8 series which my partner is dominating on the female side of things but I go along and kind of do them it's a lot of pretty much the South Island which is New Zealand um, Tox Cyclist Racist Series and uh, I don't really do that well but I've got a <laughs> They've got um, a time trial. Yeah. And I think it's like a 20k time trial, which I'm really looking forward to because it's just, I love time trialing. Got the aero bars back on. Yeah, you got the aero bars back on. Hey, do, do you do time trialing? Have you done that? Not a great deal. It's, no. It's the, it's the race of truth, you know, like, yeah, you just, yeah. you got to hold on and smash your crap out of yourself, which I really like. So, really looking forward to that this weekend and it's obviously my birthday. Oh. 29. Oh, oh. Best years of my life. Doing anything special? Oh, just a family thing, so, yeah, as you do. Yeah. Other than that, um, thanks for uh, listening to this week, guys. If you have any questions or inquiries, feel free to email us on ironmantalk at gmail.com. Uh, check out the show notes at ironmantalk.com. Now, one thing we are going to be doing is I'm either going to be releasing the new website for this show, um, which will come out tomorrow, so you guys can check that out, or it will be next week. Now, we're just going to release it as I go along. I'm aiming to add different aspects to it, so the first part of it will just be, instead of having all the show notes how we've done it previously, I'm just going to have each episode as our main page, and having all the information for each episode on the main page. And then from there, um, we'll have an archive of all the other ones, so if you want to go back and check out some you know, Iron Man Talk 3 and see the show notes from that, it will be on an archive page. So... Um, I'm looking to get that either out this week or next week. And then what we're going to be doing is we're going to be adding some aspects um, like a blog or, a, or something that you guys can contribute to to the website so you guys can actually come in and, you know, give us some, you know, basically feel a part of the community. So uh, that's really cool. I just want to give a big thanks to Ross for sending in that DVD. It's, um, you know, you guys are going to really value from this. It's, uh, it was a really cool watch. And so I just want to give him a big thanks for that. And uh, John's website. Triathloncoach.net. Yeah, so if you want to check out John for some coaching, um, yeah, bring it on. He's uh, yeah. sensational. Yeah. It's all know. happening. I'm about to sit down with Bevan and plan out the rest of his year. Yeah, it's very exciting, actually. It's going to be a big time and uh, got some big goals, so bring it on. So you guys train well, and we'll catch up with you same time, same place next week. If you guys want to go in front of me, oh, this is very highly unprofessional. <laughs> My phone's ringing. <laughs> I'm that's gonna be, I'm that's just a shocker, gonna... mate. That's, that's, <laughs> it was beeping away. There you go. Answer your bloody phone. <laughs> The car's broken down.